0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina Mix Football Podcast. Sunday night edition, episode 331. We got quite a bit of drama to recap from our last episode. And we have Pumitas. Pumitas are rising to the occasion in the Coca Champions final. And get some surprising results in the league. But before I go any further, let's welcome everyone to the show. Coming in. He's been uh, gone for a minute, but now he's back. Cheekies, How we doing? Yo.
1: What's up, man? Good to be back after a little break. (laughs) Uh,
0: Glad to be here. Yeah, there's no no conspiracy theory that... uh, you know, now that Pumas are doing well, you, you decided to return. <laughs> he's been ducking for a minute, but now that they're relevant again, he's back. And of course, Joel, how we doing?
2: Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Jaime.
0: I feel like uh every time we do an episode it's like another another novella, another another shitstorm. Um Um, Chivas, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, I'm just going to play the clip. So, in case you're living under a rock or your internet has been down, uh, Chivas fired their head coach, Michel Leaño. Uh, ...abruptly after their loss against Rayados. Uh, We did do a Twitter Spaces episode, and you can catch that on our podcast as a previous episode. But then, uh, they went to La Ciudad de México to play Cruz Azul, and the fans confronted uh, the team outside the hotel uh, with that chant. Uh, Things got a little bit heated. Pollo Brisueño decided to sign some autographs, and uh, I don't know if he engaged with one of the fans. One of the fans hopped the barrier and uh basically they bum rushed the hotel, broke some windows, and uh things got very, very ugly,
2: yeah, you know it was surprising because I would have expected this attitude had the club not fired Le and uh you know, but as we saw from the as we heard, I should say from the chanting uh they were going after the players saying that they're not you know, they're not putting testicular fortitude <laughs> into the games. And well, I, I just I don't agree with that, but I do feel that a lot of this aggression we've been seeing toward the club, I, I do feel we might have to put on our our aluminum our foil aluminum foil hats here. Tin foil hats. I do feel yes, yes, tin foil hats. I do feel it's been some, probably orchestrated. I do feel there's like, there's something going on, man. Because I feel as soon as, uh, as soon as the team gets something going, it starts being attacked. And we'll get into this later, uh, what I'm saying. is Because it's just, there's just too much things there for it to be a coincidence. You know, because we could say, ah, it's just coincidence. But that's just how things are, but after a point, it's like that's just too many irregularities to just you know to just think that there's nothing going on
0: yeah, and while mm-hmm. on their Twitter account uh sorry Chikis, um they acknowledged that hey you know we don't we don't condone this kind of violence, and we don't appreciate the media uh, egging egging this on or encouraging this kind of behavior. And they, and they singled out, uh, Rafael, what's his name? Rafael Ramos. And also, they really, yeah. On Twitter, they, they tagged him. They, they called him out and they also tagged another Twitter account. That's a, you know, supposedly like a, you know, uh, a news news, uh, you know, they cover the sport and yeah, they were, they were, they were like, Hey man, you guys are kind of like encouraging this behavior. So you guys got to cut it out. Uh, but what were we going to say Well,
1: no. like this and i might be wrong on this but uh, there wasn't like when the fans were out there chanting and stuff and they were signing i guess that guy was signing autographs for you there was no barrier there was i didn't see no barrier they were just holding up banners and they were in a line surrounding the little entrance to the hotel so i didn't see any barriers and then one thing once things heated up then one dude, like one dude, was even on the other side with the, with the players, and he was like jumping up and jumping up and down, like waving his hands. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, people got brave and they started going in there. But the thing that was so that was like fringe, and this goes to like what Joel was saying, was that these guys were like, it was like an official meeting or something that these guys like had demands, as if they had some kind of leverage or whatever. They were talking talking it out, and he said, "Yeah, I'm from the Badra. I'm from the Badra." and uh like as if they were having some type of meeting with just like these low life fans that are you know just come out of the streets come out of the woodwork and stuff like there's no reason for them to be there and they're just they're just looking bullish and then of course like what she said the violence um, she was calling out the violence and then I will probably get into it but then she was showing demonstrating all well, specifically uh uh El Pompudo, what's his name, showing violence on the field, doing like neck chokes. Oh,
0: oh, Alexis, Alexis, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll so, get into yeah. that a little bit later. Um, Entertaining, but yeah, as far as you know, this season has been has been dark. We saw what happened get Atlas. We saw what happened there, and you know how how the violence took place there. But even before that, or was it after that when Rayados had a very bad Club World Cup? And, you know, the fans went to the stadium and started to put, like, the players' heads on a, you know, like, like like some narco stuff where, like, they wanted to cut their heads off. And then they confronted some of the players after training, wouldn't let them get past uh, the, the parking lot. You know, they they stopped Pizarro, and he he had to, like, explain himself to, like, these, like you mentioned, these low-life fans. And my biggest gripe with that is, like, Okay, like I get it. You're a fan, you invested money into the team, whatever time, whatever you want to like, but uh, don't address them. Don't call them like, I'm like, dude, you don't know this guy, don't call him way. Like, that's that's something that you tell your friends that you're you know, if you've you're close with, you don't tell like a professional player that you don't talk to a professional player like that. And the players don't have any, any uh, what's the word like, they don't have to like deal with this. I, I feel like. You know, let them say what they need to say, but at the end of the day, they don't have to answer to the to the fans like that. You know, the ones that are addressing them that way, they were being way too polite. And uh, the one that really surprised me the most was Nene Beltran. You know, he he was calm. You know, he's only like five foot four, but he he ha, he was he was trying to calm the fans down, and he did. And he talked, you know, talked to them like a leader. And I'm like, good for him, man, because. You know, and nobody else really showed face. You don't see Pelada showing face. You don't see a Maori showing face. And uh, in the end, it didn't really matter because Chivas ended up winning the match. Chicote scored a goal in El Azteca, almost like deja vu there. And uh, Chivas ended up getting a big, big victory on the road. And now they're in 11th place. And uh, it seems like everything's uh, everything's Gucci now.
1: <laughs> I, those goals those don't need to be showing no face, man. Like the, the head... They're lucky they even have the midget show face and have some of the players come out. Like that's I do if you guys remember like a while ago the same the same thing sort of happened with the Pumas fans and uh, some and the Pumas players came out and like had a discussion. These guys don't deserve no discussion, no meeting with the players and stuff. Like you guys mentioned, or Joel mentioned, they're they're putting their effort. They're not being lazy and stuff. They just not they're just they're just not getting results. And these fans were like trying to be all like have a meeting and have a like have a talk and stuff. And then they're all like you said they're talking like way and all this like insulting. They're from the street. They're from they're like low lifes. These dudes, and uh, you know with their signs and stuff. And then even even like the one that one kid in the black shirt in the video, he like does the hand gesture like what does he say? El Ch- he was like saying El Chile. I don't know what what he meant by El Chile. El Chile. <laughs> and then he and then he does a hand and then he does the hand gesture, like screw you and stuff and and it's just like a bunch of <laughs> it's just a bunch of like i like it it looked like it was it was um forced they didn't know what they were doing,
2: yeah, yeah well i mean this this they're organized so a lot of these um a lot of times they have like the team will, the, the teams, um, the clubs, actually, they, they usually pay these guys or even have deals with them. Uh, they hook them up with tickets. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of these guys don't even pay because that's like the, like the ambience type thing. It's almost like uh, they're paying to have that, you know?
0: I have a, yeah, um, like, so LAFC, their fans came in buses up to San Jose, and they took over the stadium, so does, like, LAFC, like, pay for that? Like, the bus and all that?
2: Well, I don't know with LAFC, but I know with a lot of clubs, they do help.
0: Yeah, I feel like they they organize that or they, you You know. I would
2: have to reach out to some of these dudes. I know some of them from the 3252. Um, way back when, I used to cover Chivas USA. And they were, <clears throat> damn, man, I forgot what they I forgot what that they started at San Patricio. Then they changed it to Union or something. But a lot of those dudes, because the LAFC recruited a lot of their, you know, they went to recruit some of the old Chivas USA fans. And they're one of the big ones with the 3252. They do all those sick banners. I don't know if you guys have seen them online. Um, but yeah, I should ask them. But I know a lot of clubs will do that. Like in Argentina, a lot of these attitude, a lot of stuff is is, is from Argentina. Um, even the songs. They're pretty much Argentine songs. All of that. Going to confront players, very common in Argentina. You'll hear stories where They will go to the player's house. They even burn the player's house.
0: Wow. Um,
2: You know, things like that. I don't condone it. Um, But, yeah, it comes from over there, the whole intimidation. And I do think sometimes it's, like, organized because someone can go to the, you know, to the leader of the Barra Brava and be like, hey, man, can you, you know, go rough these dudes up, you know? Scare these guys or whatever, and and um, they'll do it, you know, because it's it's kind of mafia stuff, you know, um, where they would like go intimidate people, get them to pay, and things like that. Um, oh, another, we, we, and we've seen just really quick, Chikis, we've seen players, yeah. what's it, Ridas? I wanted to come to MLS because, um, safety. Yeah, it feels more safe. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my coffee. Um, But yeah, things like that do happen where it's like they'll intimidate you and make you wanna leave the club. So these are things that do happen in football. They're not that widely like covered because it's it's a whole other business. Um, But there is this whole corruption side in football, um, namely with the promoters and whatnot. And I do think that they do have like an influence as far as like, try to get, try to uh, create, create, um, say what's it called, like desmadre, you know, like to interrupt like stuff. And I think they'll, they'll do stuff like that.
1: Yeah, one, one other thing I wanted to say, on that is whenever the the fans like raided the hotel and stuff there was no security there was one like maybe a hotel but there was no security there was no there was no police or anything then after like they dispersed and they trashed the whole place then they show a picture of like uh of like police with riot gear surrounded like a barrier of them surrounding the whole entrance like, that's that's not really, like, useful whenever it's all done. <laughs> like, too a little, too busy. Yeah, that
2: probably made it worse. <laughs> that probably Everyone. made it worse. But, yeah, I, I don't – I think we should get back to this whole thing because I, I want to tie up other other issues. Some other loose ends. And, and yeah. Yeah, but before we get stuck on this, um, we should just talk about the league
0: some of the games going on and yeah yeah we had things kick off uh Thursday night Atlas ended up losing to Mazatlan uh Damn. yeah 2 to 1 <laughs> Julio Furch Furch scored the only goal for Atlas but then he ended up getting red carded Gonzalo Sosa ends up being the man of the match for Mazatlan after that we had Nicaragua beat San Luis four to two. A lot of goals in that game, and
2: yeah, that's that's Jimmy Lozano's team.
0: That's Jimmy um, Lozano. So he, was,
2: he was the the bronze winner with the under twenty three at the Olympics. Some people were calling him for the Selección, um, and this is his. You know, he's getting his shot at with Nicaragua, and he seems to be doing pretty good.
0: Yeah, Necaxa are right behind Chivas, so 12th position, 17 points. San Luis, on the other hand, uh, 17 points as well, 13th position, so Chivas, Necaxa, and San Luis tied on points. Uh, we had.
2: Three way tight. I
0: don't know if we want to talk about Juarez and Tuca. Ferretti, but boy, oh boy, of course we want to
2: talk about it.
0: <laughs> they are uh, continuing this downward spiral. I think that's seven straight losses for them. They lost to Pachuca two-one, and uh, dead last, eight points, and things are not looking good for them.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate, and we've talked about why it's unlikely Tuca will get sacked. He was. You know, he came in as a favor to the, to one of the, I think, I don't know if he's a president or part owner who used to be at Tigres. And they're trying to lift this team up the, off the ground, and things aren't looking so good. Um, and it sucks because this guy's about to retire. Well, at least he had talked about it. And I think he had, like, good opportunities to have left, you know, had left the top. Uh, we talked about right after the club's World Cup. Uh, he had a shot of taking over the selection, although this was further back. Uh, I guess he chose he chose uh, Juarez, man. So who knows, man, that he might have that itch and be like, not like this, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, with that victory, Pachuca, stay on top of Tigres, right there, they're neck and neck, thirty-two points, second position. Um, very, very similar as far as output. Both Tigres and Pachuca have won ten games. They've drawn twice, lost twice. Tigres have uh twenty-nine goals in favor, uh, and that's why they have uh they're in first place because of the goal differential. But those are the the two hottest teams as of right. Meow. Yeah, it's
2: yeah, Piojo, and, and Piojo took over because you know that was Tuca's job, dude. That's the dream job right now. If you were at Tigres, you know, get paid good money, have access to all the best players, and I, I think Piojo, you know, because I, I wanted him to go abroad. I think a few Mexicans that could go abroad. I think he was one that could go and and succeed. And he stayed home, but I can't blame him, man. That's a that's a sweet job to have, and I think if he's he maintains the way he is, I could see him being there, you know. For for a long, for you know, stay there in a couple of years, um, unless a selection. I, I always think he's always gonna be, uh, you know. Because he had a good run with the selection despite the way he was fired. And, and the whole media, how they turned on him when they made him seem like a bad coach. He went from savior to to villain. That's like the Batman quote. Do you yeah. remember it, Jaime? Uh, see yourself
0: to... to stay the hero or... <laughs> Stay long enough to become yeah, the.
2: We, we butcher that. Yeah, Put the whatever. second part, you gotta make. Just stay long enough. Let's see how things will resolve. You all know, the time, man. We eventually turn villain, whoever is coaching the team, uh, Even if they're not doing bad, I mean, because people. Yeah, like your your what mic
0: happened? your mic's rubbing.
2: Yeah. Mine. Yeah. Okay, my bad. It's, it's like next to mine. My... Okay, there it is. Um, yeah, dude, um, he had just won the Gold cup and yeah, people didn't seem to care, man. They were just on him. Um, I
0: don't know, man. Look, look I look at, Piojo, man. I think you're giving Piojo too much credit. This is a stacked Tigres team. One of the best teams in the league. And I feel like even Michel Leano could be having these kind of results <laughs> with Tigres. Uh, I don't
1: know, man. Yeah, hey, that's what I'm been saying say. I don't People, people going crazy. What's that? That's what I've been saying all along with Chivas and Mexican coaches and foreign coaches and all these all these beasts. That's the same thing. That's my whole point. The coaches aren't the ones scoring goals.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh, I, I think famous. I think this team has has been together for quite some time. Now, don't get me wrong; they have added Sebastián Gordová, who was getting a lot of criticism. You know, like. You know, he left America kind of with his tail between his legs. It sounded like he was going to go to Chivas, um, you know, to trade for Antuna. Ends up, he ends up snubbing us and going to Tigres because he wanted to go to the playoffs and win titles. And he wasn't going to do that at Chivas. And, uh, you know, he just really hadn't come out. But he was arguably the man of the match yesterday. And uh, now they're all starting to praise him again. Same thing with Florin Tauvin, you know, everyone's like, hey man, this guy's a World Cup winner, where the hell is he? He hasn't been showing up, and, you know, I feel like they've had sort of like a late start, but this is a stacked Tig- Tigres team, and let's be honest, who's really calling the shots? I think it's Jignac. So you think uh, Piojo
2: just hands out the Gatorade?
0: I think he's a cheerleader with no neck, no, and no, yeah. he knows how to he knows how to position the team, but... At the end of the day, like Cheeky says, he's not over there scoring hat tricks. And at the end of the day, bro, this team could probably manage itself because they're very veteran. It's not like they're young, young, you know, and they need direction. I think they just know what they're doing.
2: Hmm. True. But I mean, with any team, eventually you have, uh, you know, the players each out, and then you, you know, you you bring in a new squad and and you want to be able to. uh, transition that and I think we're going to see that soon with some of these guys Guignac's what like 35
0: I'll look it up right now but he's he's up there yeah 36 about to be there 37 in December
2: man still scoring hat tricks
0: I mean you, this league is old you have Sam Huesa still playing you have Talavera still playing You have
2: goalkeepers, yeah. You have players
0: that are, you know, they're pushing almost forty, and you know they're still, they're still players, they're still contenders in in their respective clubs. I don't see Zignac retiring anytime soon. I'll give him to like (laughs) thirty-eight. We had Tijuana lose at home to America. And this one hurts to say, but Alejandro Zendejas scored one of the goals. He was, he was a Chivas. In fact, he was, uh, he was forced to give up his call up to the United States uh, in order to join Chivas because he's a dual citizenship. Uh, Chivas don't really end up using him and he gets either loaned out or sold to Necaxa. And then from there, uh, he's joined America and, Good for him. He scored, and and with that victory, uh, America are in eighth position with nineteen points.
2: Yeah, big big comeback for them. They went from one of their worst seasons ever to they could potentially qualify directly. I mean, not yet. I think it to be top four, but. They're making a strong push to to uh, to finish that high.
0: Yeah, the fourth position is 22 points, so one victory, and you can leapfrog your way to it. It seems kind of crazy. You know, that's just the Mexican league. You know, you had America again, slow start, but you start to string a few wins together, and all of a sudden, you're a contender. <laughs> that's just how it is. And that's why it's always important, and I, I stress this: like it's not about how you start; it's about how you finish. It doesn't matter how how bad your your regular season is, as long as you can get to a wild card or a playoff, that's a different ball game.
1: That's what I was looking at, like the ta- I was looking at the table the other day. I think Chivas is eleventh; they were like fifteenth or something, but they were four points away from eighth spot. Yeah. Uh, this is, like, Friday. And so, like, when everyone's pretty much in qualification for winning the title, like, the 15th spot could actually win a title. Yeah. You could be in 15 all of a sudden. <laughs> and then because... Win a couple of games. Yeah. Get in the playoffs and win a title.
0: The 15th position is Tijuana with 16 points. That's only one more point than the team that's in 12th. You know, it's like... You literally can go on the last game of the season. You can go from fifteen to playoffs, baby. Um,
2: that's that's why for me, I, I've always felt the league championship should be on points, and then if they want to do playoffs, that's like a that could be like the cup tournament, and then all the teams that qualify they play for that cup tournament. Um, so think. And we didn't talk about this Jaime. I think uh, Liga MX got rid of Copa MX again.
0: <laughs> Did they get rid of it? Because I know it was like on hold, but <laughs> I don't know what ha- I know with like COVID and teams running out of money and getting Liga Expansión and Liga Premier. There's like, yeah, it seemed like the the, the Copa MX is indefinite on... hold. Uh... I see. But I will say, though, uh, the complaints did get to the FMF. So, uh, unfortunately, the away goal rule is no longer. So there is an incentive to finish higher in the table, Uh, not just the home field advantage, but if a game does end in a draw, it will go to the higher seed instead of going to overtime and potentially going to penalties. So... Uh there is an incentive for, for teams to not just waltz into Ligia in the twelfth seed, eleven seed, ten seed. There is an advantage to be in the higher, you know, mid mid pack. We had Leon and Puebla. A lot of red cards in that match. A lot of red cards this weekend, actually. Uh but Puebla ended up winning and Larcamon continue to have a solid campaign they're right there in third place with 26 points is he the flavor of the the season or is this guy for real
2: he is I mean he's been having really great results so that's that's why but he has yet to win anything so I think I think ultimately he's gonna have to
0: I don't see that happening for him at Puebla but if you can take a team like Puebla and make them relevant. No, no,
2: dude. I mean, Atlas, Atlas won.
0: True. But I do feel like Atlas are under the uh, the ownership of uh, Grupo Orlegi, and they they have proven that they can win championships uh Puebla are they Azteca or who who owns them yeah
2: Azteca yeah no Azteca doesn't own them but they like
0: they have like a stake in the team or what yeah they yeah they manage that Mm -hmm. Um, they have like yeah here's a fun factor pro tip the YouTube channel for TV Azteca they (laughs) I don't know how they keep getting away with this but they are streaming games live um from Mexico and uh i've been able to watch watch them <laughs> there's no there's no like Giro, uh geo like restrictions like it's weird so i've been watching a lot of the uh azteca broadcasts and um i don't know if they're doing it intentionally because you know they do sometimes broadcast chivas games in mexico uh under azteca but they do have an exclusive deal here with Telemundo in the united states so Nobody is supposed to be able to like watch a Chivas game here in the States unless it's a NBC, you know, Telemundo uh, broadcast, but they've sort of been, been doing it under the table. So yeah. Curious to see how that pans out. But for now I've been enjoying it. I'm subscribed to their YouTube channel and yeah, they just broadcasted the games live.
1: <laughs> is that with Martinoli?
0: Yeah, he's on there. Campos is on there sometimes. Uh, yeah. Garcia. I'm hoping that they That's keep it good. I hope they keep it going for May, you know, because is gonna fight, and I would love to watch that one for free with the uh, Mexican commentary Uh moving along here with Santos Querétaro won one yesterday. And Santos are currently in fourteenth position with seventeen points. Uh Querétaro's a little bit further down with thirteen in the sixteenth spot. So, not much going on for these clubs. But, again, with only three matches left in the regular season, a lot can happen, a lot can change. And Santos still have a chance of, of making it. I mean, this was where Chivas were last week. So, a lot can happen in one week. And uh, definitely don't sleep on Santos. For some reason, they, uh, they're they just good at Ligia. And the most
2: dramatic yeah, that was Group Prolegi's or original team. They seem to have taken a back seat since uh, they took over Atlas.
0: <laughs> we had the most I think I
1: think they they shipped some players over to Puebla, didn't they?
2: Furch. No, not to Puebla to Atlas.
1: Yeah.
2: Wait, they could have because um
1: over to atlas answer. Yeah,
2: no, I'm getting confused. I was thinking Azteca steak. Not Atlas. Atlas in Puebla, not.
1: not. Puebla, not Puebla. I meant uh, Santos shipped some players over to Atlas. Yeah. They're sort of like, they've had a good core of players for a long time, and I think we've talked about like their process and how they may not spend as much as others as far as players but
0: they get results but
1: like, yeah they, they have a good program yeah. to get results eventually like instead of the ten-year comment for Chios, I think it's been like three or or five years maybe for Santos
0: oh yeah definitely yeah they've they've had success
1: they gotta they gotta rebuild
0: We'll get to that in a minute after the most dramatic match, I think, of those season, or of the, of the Jornada. I'll let the soundbite do the talking for me. Oye, pero con tres cambios, ya sería, ya rebasarían la cifra, Alonso. La pelota larga, vamos a ver a Coruso, Coruso! Washington Corroso. I don't even know who he was until this match, but in dramatic fashion, Pumas end up scoring twice in stoppage time, both by Washington Corroso. What can you tell us about this guy, Chiquis? He's
1: been, he's been pretty good. So like the main, like he's him and Deneno are like, sort of like their, uh, their target strikers. They get the ball and they score. But, uh, I've been liking the two. Brazilians. He's Ecuadorian, right? The two. They have two Brazilians, also Rogerio and uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Diogo. Diogo. Those two Brazilians. Man, they they've been like legit for for a while this whole season. And plus, Dineno was you know he was doing really well, and then now with uh, Corozo coming on, like they're pretty powerful offensively, and then. Uh, Alamos is always good with the passes and stuff and uh, you know the defense holds up even they even have uh, Pocho that sort of like shows up every now and then um,
2: The youngster right he scored a goal Um, he's like 18 or something
1: I think he scored once or twice maybe but, uh, but yeah they, so they've got like I said they, they've gotten the a dollar, actually, like if you go to Dollar Tree, um, <laughs> inflation, man, like it's no longer Dollar Tree. It's like Dollar Thirty Five Tree. <laughs> so they must have to pay a little bit more for their players,
0: but they got like some good, they got some good gems. So this team, this team's looking legit, and we'll see what happens next with the Konkakan. Uh, they would be pulling they them out old. of the bargain bin, man. They had that guy from Panama. Uh, I don't know if he's still with the team. But, again, you look at their trajectory, you know, they play in South America, never heard of them before. Uh, this guy, Washington, Brian Corosco Becerra, he is, started his career at Independiente del Valle, and then he went to Sporting Cristal. And from there, Bumas uh, kind of just found him, discovered him, and, yeah, he's, he's from Ecuador, and, uh Hero of La Jornada. That's a big victory for Pumas. And
1: on one thing, like this is this is typical of on this game. This is typical of soccer. So they scored the first goal, which was pretty legit. Like a nice pass to him, and he beat the defense and he scored the goal. But then the second one, I was counting the player. Like I don't have it up anymore. I think there was like nine players in the box for Monterrey.
0: Yeah, they went all out. They went all out because it was in stoppage. And then there was just, like, one dude.
1: And <laughs> so they so I was like, I was, They were going for the time, and they ended up, I mean, go for it, right? You're going to lose. You're going to lose.
0: Yeah, Rayaz put all the carne enlazador, and they got exploited on a counterattack because, yeah, they had no defense, and he basically walked it into the back of the goal. But, man, Pumas had had a really good week, that victory over Cruz Azul and the coca champions league and now you guys face seattle in the final and we've been curious man like you know the tradition has been going on for 16 consecutive years will it be another another year of of mexican d- dominance in this champions league or uh is seattle sounders gonna finally finally be the team that wins it for the mls and starts closing this gap
2: I may I'm gonna have to eat some coral because I said Pumas would be the if they reach the final, they'll be the easiest of the teams. But man, the got that they're showing, you know, it's it's impressive, man. So I think I think they got what it takes. Uh, but I do Sounders, man. Uh, Rivas. Yep, he's a really good player, and Loidero, They got they got some good players too that. Shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, that's the one player I didn't want to see leave Liga MX. I thought he would have been tearing it up. And I feel he could have ended up in a bigger team because he was at Morelia, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. But I think he would have. I thought he would have been like at America, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, so, it, so it surprised me, me when he made the jump. Um.
1: Absolutely. They got, they got uh, Jordan Morris also. Um, on that team he's, he's got some speed he was like a, he was hyped early on but then he sort of fizzled out I think he was on the national
0: there's a few oh, there's yeah. uh, uh, Christian Roldan he's uh, he's part of the United States as well the US men's national team
1: there's two Roldans I see
0: Uh, he yeah. has a brother that's not as good <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, but I feel like this happens every single season. You have this MLS team that everyone starts like hyping up, like, "Oh, trust me, you know it happened to Chivas. Chivas had to beat Seattle to get to the to the final um, uh, when they went to Concacaf Champions, and then they and, and then same thing with Toronto. They're like, "Oh, Toronto's gonna be they're gonna they're way better than Chivas," and then you know Chivas ended up winning. And I feel like it's always the same story. Like you know, everyone's trying to make this Seattle team out to be bigger than they actually are. The reality is I'm, you know, there's a reason why why Mexico's dominated for 16 consecutive years. Um I think at the end of the day it comes to experience and I don't think they have that much experience. And I think that's where Pumas have, have the advantage. And
1: yeah, looking looking at the uh, this iteration of CONCACAF Mexico just had I mean, Mexico had Pumas León, Cruz Azul and Santos. Like it seems like these this lineup of Mexican teams wasn't like they like the best, but because before you have like Chivas or a Tigres or America. But yeah, Pumas uh, I, I my prediction is Pumas is gonna win.
0: Okay, um, okay.
1: The uh, the first so the first leg is in is in Mexico City, mm. and the second one is in Seattle. Right? Is this how this looks?
0: Uh, I think you're correct.
1: Okay. Yeah, it is Lumen Field. Um, so that's sort of that brings some interesting aspects to it. As Puma's going to be able to to take uh, take it to them on the second leg away? Normally, like in the past, always like, okay, Mexico, the Mexican team might or will tie or lose um, in the U.S., but then in Mexico, would take it home easily. So the first leg is going to be important. Columbus is going to have to win by a few goals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know that uh, everyone had ruled... Ruled some of these teams out. You know, you look at was it New England when you guys played New England, you guys lost in the cold three zero, and then you guys end up closing at home and, and forcing the skin to penalties and, and that's where you guys won. So I think for this match, you guys aren't gonna have that luxury. You're gonna have to you know, be strong at home. And let's be honest, I think I think uh going to La Ciudad de Mexico is a little bit more intimidating than it is. Going to Seattle and and dealing with that one, that one Seattle fan. I don't know if you guys remember him.
1: Oh yeah, that dude's intimidating. <laughs>
0: but
1: he, he got trained. He went to Eng- he would go to England. He would take travel trips to England, Europe, and that's where he would learn his art and become a master. I think there's
2: there's, the, there's this stat that favors the teams. That close, uh, uh, they close at home. It's like uh, I think it was for Libertadores. Sixty percent, sixty percent of the time they win all the time, something like that. Mm. Uh, and I do think that could that could be a factor.
1: Uh, that that uh, that song after that fight and win, that got in my head for like a long time ago, for like for the longest. <laughs> it was like, Seattle, here we go, here we go, here we go, <laughs>
0: oh man, you can just come out now out of the closet and say you're an MLS fan, bro, it's all good.
1: That dude disappeared, like he used to be on LinkedIn and stuff. LinkedIn. Uh, people <laughs> like he had some job and stuff, but you know, he was hilarious.
0: Uh, Really quickly, I'm going to go to the chat. A big shout-out to Marseille, because uh, when we started the episode, he said that uh, he couldn't hear anything, so I fixed the sound very early in the episode, so thank you for for helping us out there, and of course, we have our number one fan, Ricardo, he's back. Uh, Ricardo, we apologize for, it wasn't the last episode, but the episode before that, you were on the YouTube chat, I forgot to check, and you were just blowing us up, so... Welcome back, Ricardo. He's saying, uh, hello, gentlemen. Cruz Azul got robbed by Chivas. Clear hand, arm, ball. Uh, Pumas is going to break Seattle's heart by penalties, calling it now. And uh, he also says that Marcelo Michel Menotti is still pulling the strings at Chivas. Thank you, Ricardo, for your comments. Well, we got a hot topic for tonight. I don't know if the it's a conspiracy theory or coincidence or what's going on with the universe, but obviously with Michele Leano's departure, we're already talking about the possibility of, of somebody, a special somebody returning to Chivas. Uh, that special somebody had an exclusive interview with ESPN Deportes. His name is Matias Almeida, uh, what's interesting, though, is Matias Almeida, leading up to this interview, had declined to do a press conference for the Earthquakes. Uh, he did it twice in a row. Uh, yesterday, uh, so, uh, they ended up having a bad game, and one of the fans at halftime said something to uh, Matias Almeida and started calling him a lot of names, and it got to uh, at my, Matias's head. Uh, in the end of the game, he, he decided not to do a press conference, and uh, the the speculation is that uh, he's going to hand in his resignation, or maybe he already did. Uh, and tomorrow we'll we'll find out the details. But uh, he had an interview with David Fikusin, and he basically, you know, admitted that uh, he wants to coach Chivas again. That he's a fan. He's an incha of Chivas. That he has a solid relationship with Amari Vergara, and that he doesn't personally know Pelaz. But Pelaz, the only communication he had with them was in twenty eighteen uh when he was still at Cruz Azul he was he was trying to get him to coach Cruz Azul so a lot of a lot of drama, a lot of novelas. but uh Joel, what do you think of, of all this unfolding?
2: I don't know if I believe the whole Fight to send coming out and saying that that the interview with Almeida was had been scheduled a week prior. Um I think they they did it they did it on the fly, uh, and I do think it's something Almeida would do because he's done it in the past, uh, sees an opportunity and takes it. If we remember how he arrived to Chivas, he arrived while um, while Chepo was coaching the team. He was running a practice when he came to the club, um, and then, you know, because he was – from the airport and whatnot, like reporters were asking him and he said, he had no idea, which I don't, I don't buy, you know, I don't I don't believe it. Not like he couldn't do a quick Google search. He would have seen that, you know, or even as, as soon as he landed, pick up any newspaper, he would have seen that Chepo was still there. Um, so I don't put it past him to be like, you know what, Cause, Cause, you know, it's been obvious that he's, he's probably like fed up of being in San Jose. Like that, that project ended up not, not working out. You know, I, I think he, he had good intentions, and and it just nothing he did there really worked out. Uh, I don't think they even got youth program off the ground, and so I think he's he's ready to, to bounce, but. He was getting paid top dollar. He was one of the the best paid, I think, top three in the league. Uh, and I also don't buy the whole other thing that he could have left. You know, I don't think there was any offers. I do think he was probably interviewed or got asked about stuff. But I don't think he ever had any legit con- concrete offers. Chile? Yeah, you really think he wouldn't have done like if he had that chance to be like, okay, I could I could help this team get to the World Cup, and I'm gonna be at the World Cup. Like what that would have made done for his career. So I don't buy it that he was like, nah, I'm I'm a, I'm cool right here in MLS.
0: Uh, it didn't go through because they didn't want to play his release clause.
2: Yeah, but don't you think he would have, if he wanted it, he would have told San Jose, hey man you know like they would i think they would have they would have worked with him i don't think they would have kept him against his will
0: yeah in the end i guess you just got to take everything with a grain of salt but with with Mati at, at San Jose uh i can tell you right now that they are fed up with him the fans just want this to get you know just get it over with <laughs> They've been so sick and tired of anytime somebody gets fired in Mexico or, you know, Chivas are going through some drama or, you know, they they always feel like it's lazy journalism. They just they just throw Mati's name in there. You know, they've been doing it ever since he, he joined San Jose. And, you know, the fans at this point, they're just tired of, of getting their hearts but, played but not with. just
2: that. Not, not, not just that, Jaime. I mean, the team hasn't done any better than they have in the past. Um, and. I believe last season they failed to make the playoffs, and this season I don't know if they're in five or six games without win without a win.
0: Oh, let, yes, me, they're, they're, they're they're let me let me they tell don't. you this: they're they're on the the path to get the wooden spoon. Uh, the wo- <laughs> the wooden spoon is something that they they got before Matias' arrival. Uh, the wooden spoon is is basically the the shittiest team in the league gets the the wooden spoon and right now they're in last place in the league um man so that first season you know there's no way you can go but up and i think the fans were happy with him that first season but yeah obviously things have have plateaued and 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 actually gone gone backwards and
2: oh, he, he, you you know he 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 was uh, playing some pretty good fancy ball and they were getting some good results. And then they hit that one season where it was like a four or five game streak where they got score scored like over twenty goals. Yeah. I mean, man, I it's like that's crazy that they held on to him. I don't I don't see many coaches that would have survived that. And I think a big part of it was because of his release clause. San Jose probably just didn't have the money, you know, because I think that was like maybe two years ago. That's that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of wages um, to pay off. But, man, to receive that amount of gold. And, and, you know, it's what surprises me with a lot of the Chivarmanos that they're asking for this dude as if he's going to have the – you know, as if he's the answer to the problems. And it's like his last two seasons at Chivas, and I'm talking about league, he finished 15th and 17th. One of those seasons, he didn't even get a single win at home. Again, I'm talking about league because people would see the results from Copa MX or CONCACAF champions and, and sort of like... That will soften the thing, but if you're just looking at the numbers per league, they were awful, man. They were very bad, um, and that was his last two seasons, 15th and 17th. Um, and then he came to San Jose and the team again. He's he never was able to lift it up, and they've been finishing around the same, you know, at the kind of bottom, lower bottom of the table. And so I I think uh, the doblete season gets romanticized a bit too much. I think they forget what happened with Chivas bringing in ringers, man, actual league champions like Guti, who's fallen pretty low, man. I saw that. TikTok you posted. (laughs) It's kind of embarrassing. Um, Guti was champion with with León, they brought Pizarro, who had been, you know, at the top of his game and champion with with uh, Pachuca, Gallito, uh, another at that time really good player. Um, they brought these guys, and then they had Higuera, You know, so as much as we hate him, we have to give him credit. He took he he made it possible to bring these guys, and he gambled on Pulido, which was like a twenty million gamble, because. This guy was coming from two years of – 14 games in two years, you know. And it was like – it was an unknown. He could have been a major dud. He could have been a – he could have been a, um, a, a Peralta. And he ended up being really good for the team and, and playing a key role in helping. So – but, I mean, that's like, what, four players that were – and you know national team level, uh, really top players. Uh, there's nothing like that anymore with Chivas. Oh, and then I can't. Kota, Cota had been alone and that was another, you know, arguably one of the best keepers in the league.
1: Yeah, so I'm just I'm just waiting for Almeida to come back to Chivas.
2: He's <laughs> <It's> not. <laughs> he's not having that team though.
1: Well. Here's here's the everyone thing bow down to him and then for him to fail and then see what to see what they do.
0: I think that yeah, no. has anyone ever come back and actually like succeeded after their first time around? I think it's very difficult, right
2: I, I think uh well, you know what um chepo his thing got cut short because when he came back. He took him to the semifinals, so he, he comes back like mid season or something they don't I don't think they make liguilla and then the his first full season they do make they make the semifinals and then after that they cleaned house and they were like concentrating on youth and um it was like a tough calendar. And the reason they got rid of him was because Higuera, you know, he he wanted to call the shots, so he got he got rid of both Nestor and Chepo, man. It was like uh and and that's sort of how um, Almeida came in because this dude just wanted wanted them out. Uh, the whole results, it's a bunch of bullshit. It really wasn't because if we look at it, they weren't like Again, dude, I don't know how fans go, you know, get off on this shit where, you know, very similar to we're talking about Piojo where it's like we saw what they were capable of and after four or five games, the media can convince you that this dude is ass. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's going on there with fans being so easily persuaded about, you know, the reality of things. Which is I have to give credit to Pumas again for for Liliani because they held on to that dude after they had dismantled his team and they could have easily thrown blame at him, but they just they held on you know they trusted the project, the process, and here they are about to play a final and and doing pretty good in the league with uh, despite having a limited squad.
0: I don't think we should be downplaying uh, Matias accomplishments. Yeah. Mickey Mouse, Copa Mekis. But at the end of the day, I think it was just the mentality and, and uh, the camaraderie with everybody. He he knew how to get the team on the same page and, you know, they won their first champions yeah. league final and what, like since like the sixties. So, you know, yeah, that's not discredit what he did at Chivas. I will say though, a second time around it's a lot lot grimmer for him especially because like you mentioned you know it's been a wet fart at at San Jose it's not like he's killing it at his current current job and i think it's a mutual thing i think chivas need mati as bad as mati needs chivas right now i think they they're both in a in a bad place and i think like they both could could benefit from this from this mutual thing um but i do think that matias really does care about his image in mexico i don't think he cares too much about the mls there's a language barrier or whatever he got his money he can he can go but i think if he does return to chivas i think he's not going to go unless they promise him hey like if i'm going to come back like these players need to go these players need to come back and i need to have like boom 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 refuerzos cuz there's no way he's going to just take this team and and say, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to come back. Like, I, I think that, yeah, he's gonna have to put like some some demands in there, or else he's not gonna do it.
1: That, no that's a good point. That, that just backs up like what I what I what I've been saying this whole time. Like, if he comes back, I fully expect him to fail. He can because if he has the same players. But if he demands, like you're saying, for certain players to leave, certain players to come in, for directivos to to leave or whatever, yeah. Then possibly he could have success, but I don't see all those players that he needs to be available for him yeah, to get. It's very,
2: it's very oh. difficult. It's, it's very difficult for that to happen again. But but just really quick, Heimer, I'm not trying to take credit from him. So I do think he's a good coach, and uh, I'm just trying to say his best was when he had this this squad of players where they could play the type of football because he's a very offensive-minded type coach. And so he had the squad that, you know, best works for him. So I, I feel like if he were to come back, he would do better at like a Cruz Azul or Monterrey. I think he would have those teams playing really good. So I think he's that type of coach where he needs – he'll do better with with players of that caliber. I think when you have a limited squad – I don't. I don't think he has shown to get the most out of some of these guys, or you know, um, if 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 his team is pretty limited. I, I just I I don't think he's that type of coach, um, and that's kind of San Jose was kind of like I, I was using that to see, because um, because at, at, at least he was getting some players. Luke Busatich, he got he got zero players. Not only did it get zero players, they took players away. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Uh, so you we just can't expect that and, and I think another thing uh Armanos need to keep in mind is that that first batch of players that we talked about, they came in, um you know, the Pizarros, the pulidos, cutis, gallitos, and then that's when they 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 spend about what $50 million, 60 million whatever they spent. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't compare to when Pelaez they pay like forty million or whatnot to bring in a Chicote Antuna, and the the guy that was supposed to be the big signing was Guzman, that fell through because of his drug use, and those level players, they just aren't or weren't at. I'll still say they aren't at that level that the other guys are, were at when they came in. They just, so, but we go with the pricing. It's like with similar price, you know, in the media, the whole media to service Chihuahua Lacticos. And uh, that was just a bunch of smoke up people's ass. It's like that. It's like different time, man. The prices just went up. Inflation in Liga MX, man, This. You're spending forty minutes. Not. is not. You know, you're not getting what you were getting five years back.
1: Hey, that, that's a good point because I think Almeida is like a master uh, self-promoter. Like he looks, he looks at himself, and he's not gonna want to make himself look bad. He's looking, he's looking bad in San Jose, but he's gonna want to demand like everything he needs to go to Chivas because I see him like Juan Carlos Osorio. He's sort of. Uh, he like, he's got that air of superiority and he comes in, he does well. And then he wants to use Mexico to boost himself up to even like greater things. But he ended up, you know, not doing well like, like Coel but always you, talked
2: about. Well you and know, he goes what? To MLS. Um,
1: Like he ideally he would go to like Europe or some other big club or maybe back to Argentina or something. But he goes to MLS, which is like okay.
2: Yeah, it's it's his promoter. I uh he is, I think is Santiago Hirsch. And and he's always worked like that. And even at Chivas, you know, you get these rumors that you know all these teams wanted him, and that's all it was—like rumors. They never really, they never really made a, an offer for him. At one point, that you know, that some EPL team wanted him, and that's something mm-hmm. that you could do—just reach out to the to some reporter and and have them put out a story. You know, that's. That happens in football all the time. I was talking about earlier about how they disrupt things like that. And I noticed it with Buse, you know, right before Chivas got rid of him. All of a sudden there was this whole campaign against him and I was seeing it everywhere and I was like, damn, dude, what this is this is messed up, you know. Uh I saw Perro Bermudez in, in one of the shows saying, Oh, Chivas already they already uh, came in a deal with with Almeida, and I got this on a good authority, and they're just waiting. And I was like, dude, really? And then there was a, even Jose Ramon, Fútbol Picante, he even took out a column, said, um, Buse is not the ideal coach for Chivas. And you had a, all of this while he's on a five-game undefeated streak, two wins, three draws. And they're building this whole campaign against them to make him look ass, and it worked because, uh, you know, I read all the comments from Chilla hermanos and it was just like, he just wanted to go that he's trash." And we weren't winning; he doesn't belong.
0: We weren't losing, but we weren't winning, and we weren't playing pretty. Yeah, good.
2: but yeah, but had become the team pretty consistent at least, where he would have them, you know, at at least able to qualify. Um
0: he wasn't playing Nene Beltran, and I think just the fans were no, just not he, happy with his style and
2: but he was playing other players. That's also that they yeah, forget. His, his guy <laughs> was
0: they, was Chuyme Molina and uh look at him now. No, but
2: youth youth as well. He had some he, they had um man I had shared this article that came out and it talked about the number of players that through his stint that he would use from. Yeah. Yeah. They built in the, uh, the, their age under whatever and how many he would play per game. And it was, it was a good number as I still think that's one of the goals for the team to play as, as much youth. But I mean, we, we see these things happening all the time. And I I do think it, it gets like, it's a way to influence, uh, even the teams. And and that with Almeida, even when he was at Chivas, he you saw, you saw like, oh, there's a team from, from La Liga that wants him or, or these national teams. I know Chile and Ecuador were named. And like Chiqui said, he, he ended up in MLS. So, and it's like, yeah. what happened? What happened with all these offers? They just dried up.
0: <laughs> I thought he was expecting, yeah. To get all these all these teams demanding him, and that wasn't the case. The reality, he was he was he was gunning for the national team position, and realistically, I don't I don't think they ever considered him. Um, I do want to bring a because uh, we we talked about this on Twitter, and it, it was causing a lot of controversy. But uh, Cheeky, as you claim that it doesn't matter if the the coach is uh has one in Liga MX or even has Liga MX experience it doesn't matter if Chivas bring in a Mexican coach or a foreign coach you know things aren't going to change and that Chivas should look at bringing in foreigners um we have uh, Ricardo basically saying the same thing that Chivas should should open it up to foreigners but just want to well, know I don't I
1: don't I don't say I don't think Chivas well, like for me I don't mind that Chivas is all Mexican. That's sort of like, that's, that's cool. It's a a Mexican pride type of thing. Um, I'm just stating the fact that they're limiting their, their pool of players that they can select. Whereas other teams don't have that limitation. So Chivas is at a disadvantage now with the coaches and that that's, that's fact, but with the coaches, um, this dude guy from Twitter was saying that, um, like who he asked me who is the uh, coach and a Mexican coach who's got the credentials the pedigree and the qualifications to coach Chivas and do well there and i didn't answer his question because i mean initially i didn't i then later answered his question initially i was like my my whole point wasn't that it was that it doesn't matter if you bring in a pep a european coach an argentinian coach or brazilian coach whatever coach you bring in with the players they have now they're still not going to be, they're still not going to do, um, you know, any better because the coaches not not there scoring goals. So sure. I can later answer and say, yeah, there is no Mexican coach that has the requirements that this guy was asking for, but that's totally irrelevant because no other coach that does have the requirements isn't going to come in and like win a title next season or this season or possibly even in two seasons. So it doesn't even matter, but, um, it's it's all about the players they need to get better players uh, they're limited it's harder for them because uh, maybe a pachuca isn't going to give up Guzman or uh, Ochoa is never going to leave America or you know there's certain Mexican players that chivas isn't going to be able to get and they're only limited to Mexican players <laughs> chivas has the bottom of the barrel Mexican players yeah like <laughs> maybe at, at, at certain points chivas like with Almeida she was had like the top of the barrel of players or, or like a majority of them. But yeah, now they, it's not they
2: were the, group of, they were the group of Pachuca players that. Yeah. That you get negotiated with, well, Grupo Pachuca. And a big part of that was um they were going to be voting for TV rights for the national team. And so that was a whole thing there were. It ended up with Televisa just, they brought down the band hammer, man. I don't know if you guys remember, they started doing an expose on Pachuca and how how the government was, like, not taxing them and that was costing the people money and how they would, like, pay off certain, like, government officials, you know, that it's, like, money that should be coined. To the city you know so they could like build more stuff schools mm-hmm. hospitals whatnot and it's sort of like being pocketed by by uh you know yeah
1: that that came onto the scene for a bit and then it just started disappearing
2: well they, anyway they had, they, well that was part of the whole tv thing and then pachuca was like oh they sort of like backed out and same thing happened to chivas i don't know if you remember but they had to they had to go back to TV. Remember, they were trying to be streaming only. And then was had to be like, and they did it for free. You could This, you could look up. They had to go and then, uh, I don't know which is the channel in Mexico. Is a Televisa? Is it is the it as well? Their cable channel. Um, but they they put them on their cable channel. I mean to this to this day they still have rights uh to them. So I, I think that's one of the things that I wanna talk about later. But these are some of the politics stuff that happened. And then what happened a little bit after that? Chivas got rid of all the all the group of Pachuca players, pretty much got got taken out. Yeah. Cota that- returned, Cota return, Pizarro had to be sold. Uh Guti, plates, everyone do. got Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah, they just that brought that hope.
0: team on loan. Like they didn't actually have that money. They're like, all right, all right, here we go. Let's bring everybody yeah, in.
2: Yeah, and that is that is a big possibility.
0: So that was my that was my whole point. And I don't know. This
1: guy was like got re raged out and started like he he resorted to insults and started like taking on the <laughs> rage. <laughs> because because apparently I'm from but uh, but yeah. So like, you don't have an argument, then you resort to insults. But that was that was pretty much it. And then on the other, because this was Chivas del Norte, account initially asked a question, and this is sort of uh, um, a side a side note related to it, which uh, Ron would need to address, was the idea of does a coach need to know the Mexican league, and, and Mexican I guess politics, the inside guts of how mexican football works and and ron sort of agrees with that a little bit and other people don't um and that's like a different argument that i don't really have a say in Uh, i i just listen to it but but yeah that was uh some entertainment
0: yeah Uh, definitely
1: ricardo has like um
0: he's going off man (laughs) yeah he's
1: definitely got this point, about like the raw like raw talent, I I think well I, I don't want to. This is just coming off the top of my head. I think Chivas does go after like meritocracy. Like they they try to get the best Mexican players, but they just had like some bad luck with um, immature, maybe newer generation, entitled type of uh, players. When they get fame, when they get money, they start acting a fool, and we've seen stuff with, like, Chivas, like, trophies or whoever, like, partying and, yeah, you know, doing...
0: Disciplinary stuff, issues. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh And I don't think yeah. Chivas, like, is going after, like, just people that, oh, that love Mexican or love Chivas, like, have heart or whatever. They're going after players, but they're, the players are just turning out to be, like, partiers and stuff.
0: Well, it's, it's just surprising, you know, for... Uh, one thing that, that I I found that was very, like, oxymoron of Pelas is, you know, he he signed all these players, but he also made them sign, like, a pact. Like, you know, moving forward, we're going to talk about silverware. We're not going to talk about relegation. And we're going to sign, like, this contract that, you know, you're going to be on your best behavior. Um, but had he not done any research beforehand because, you know, Chicote – Canelo, those guys in Nekaxa were already had a reputation for, you know, partying and, and not taking training that serious, you know, uh, Canelo had Chicote on his podcast and he was saying how he would, he would show up to training like hung over or still drunk. And I mean, I feel like if you're the president and you're trying to bring in players, like, shouldn't you already know this stuff? Like, I don't understand. Same thing with Victor Guzman. I think, it was the elephant in the room. Everybody knew that he, he had a abuse problem and it's like, I don't know. I don't understand why he decided to go after these players and then expect them to, to be basically altar boys, you know, when they have a reputation for not having discipline.
2: Yeah, I think part yeah. of it is lack, lack of options. There just isn't. Yeah that many players to choose from and big reason why they did that contract and they did get rid of like four players five on one swoop and they still had some problems after that which at that point you probably can end up with no squad no team at all Um, and that's that's another thing where I do feel there's like it's probably promoters you know like um, getting involved with, with this with, um, with Guzman I, I think I don't think they knew how serious it was and Pachuca had hidden the fact that he had tested positive so they were under the impression that he had been getting tested and he had been doing good and then when it came out that he had tested positive that's when they had to return him because there was a possibility that he was going to be suspended for two years. Damn. So if you were suspended, she was going to pay over 10 million and then paying wages for a player just to be at home for something he did at another club. And so that sucked to that, that um, just how all of that played out. Cause I do feel Chivas could have used that guy and I know he was happy to be back at the team and all of that sucked. Dude. And it seemed like it was probably ambushed, dude. Cause think about it, man. As soon as he shows up, man, he's like right training. This info just pops up out of nowhere. And yeah. I do think
0: it's like, you uh, know? it's like when John Gruden came back after what 10 years to coach the Raiders and, and then all those emails start coming out, you know, as soon as they start <laughs> winning, it's like, you guys were sitting on this blackmail for yeah. for years, and now you're going to come out with it? Like, come on!
2: Yeah, I I do feel there was something there, man. I I, I got encerrado, not not Chiquis, he's right here, but I do think there's something going on where it's like uh, Chivas has been getting attacked, and at, at at that point where it's like um. They have a difficulty buying players, difficulty selling players. And then players that come in, sort of like they get sabotaged right away. And and I know part of it is TV deal. They haven't been able to get a TV deal. In Mexico, they have five. And people think that, oh, well, that's a good thing. No, it's not. It means less money. You want to be exclusive, you know? Uh, think about it. If it's a, it's a. Think about it as your bride, right? <laughs> Would you want her to have five boyfriends, or just you? Uh, obviously, obviously, it's just you, man. You're not gonna go up there with, with four other dudes at the altar. But that's that's kind of like we're we're like, because that means it's like um, it's shared. Uh, you have to share the the the, the views. So for example. Chivas in Mexico when they were, they were on open air TV 11 million that was their rating 11 million people would see a Chiva game on open air TV. Now they're now they're like across the different cable channels That means less people because not everyone in Mexico is gonna have cable TV and then not everyone's gonna have the same you know provider cable, yeah, provider or package. Or so internet. Some might have, yeah, some might have two DNA or on the, they're telling uh, you they're like in five stations and so now it's divided between the so what they need is an exclusive deal. They haven't been able to get it and I know some of their deals are gonna um, end. I think they end at the end of this year. Um, I know the one with Claro ends, and I don't know with, uh, and that's why there's this talk about Tebe Azteca possibly signing them. And that's where those rumors came out that they would send Larcamon to Chivas as part of the, like, hey, sign with us and we'll hook you up with, which I do think they can hook him up because they have connection with Puebla and then they have connection with Atlas. And it's like, people be like, well, we don't want to, you don't need to have, the, you know, it doesn't have to be a player that's currently Atlas. It could be a player that Atlas owns. He's probably playing in another team. Or sometimes they do the, you know, like a, like a treke. We'll send this guy over there and you send this guy to Chivas. Uh, stuff like that. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. With with the TV, in in the US they they have the deal with Telemundo, but it's it's like a yearly deal. I don't think they had signed one like they had in the past when there was like a five year deal worth like uh, something like eighty million I think it was, but I don't think they have that now. I think it's it's like kind of year by year basis.
0: We'll see what happens with the T V deal. I know that with here, at least in the States, it's it's through NBC, through Telemundo and NBC Universal. Yeah. And they also have the rights to the to the World Cup. So yeah, we'll see what happens with, with Guadalajara. Uh what we can promise you is the drama will continue to unveil maybe as soon as tomorrow, you know. Uh the rumor is that that San Jose is parting ways with Matías Almeida and it just seems like everything's lined up for him to return. But we shall see. Realistically, who who do you think Chivas can can sign right now? Is it gonna be a ex player? Is it gonna be uh the coach that they currently have, that intern for, for Tapatillo, or or do you think they're actually gonna spend the big bucks to to bring in a a Biesla?
2: I've been no I when mean, it when it comes to Chivas. Um I I you know, I would prefer that they just leave the like Terino until the end of the season. And then there's a few candidates but I don't know like like who would really want to come to Chivas given, you know, they don't even let you finish a season. That's that was also my gripe with Wuse. Say they should let I me mean, at least let them finish it. You had already extended it and to not let them it's, it's what coach wants that. You know what I mean? What coach wants to come to the team and you just end up looking bad.
0: <laughs> I I want to know like with a straight face, like who goes to that interview and and says, uh, why is this job open? Like wh- why are you guys hiring? Oh, you know, it's because we fired our last coach. Like, wait, but I thought you uh, had backed him a week ago and signed extended his contract. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about that. So uh, <laughs> I just feel like it's a suicide, career suicide to coach Chivas and to coach La Selección Mexicana. It's like there's little to gain from it, and there's just so much to lose. Like, <laughs> it's it's career suicide. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, look at Matias, because if if things start going bad for him, the media's gonna start pulling out his record at San Jose and then it's gonna they're just gonna pile it on. They're gonna pile on the misery. That's what they always do. Right now they're buttering up his ass and, and making it seem like <laughs> the best thing, but they're just selling him for whatever reason. You they're know, selling them to the fans, and everyone's buying into it like right away.
0: They're they're gassing him up, you know. They're oh, Mati, and this and that, and would it be nice if if you were to return? And then and they're like, all right, did he fall for it? He's gonna go for it. All right, let's destroy him. Like, <laughs> well, and you
2: know that's the other thing because it's like usually if you come in, then you're gonna say, okay, give me this give me this, uh, give me a two or three, three three-year deal. Because then that way, if they sack you, you, you know, you have something to fall back on. Uh, and, And with some of these guys, they were coming in on short term, as was Tena and even Buse. Like, they just had, like, the yearly contract.
0: Yeah. I think was it Busa that required requested that, or is that Chivas?
2: I, I B- think Busa said he requested it, yeah. so I don't, I don't really know. I don't know if you know it could be the club too. I mean, because it's a club that at one point was paying for up to three coaches because they kept firing people that would have like two year deals or whatnot. And so they're still paying wages for people that aren't there.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ricardo feels confident that America has returned. They've awakened the giants, the power of Televisa, and Ascagarra will prevail. I can already smell the 14th trophy. I wish I had your confidence, Ricardo. But we do have a double jornada with Liga Mekis. Match day 15 starts as early as Tuesday with four matches. Oh, wow. Five matches. Pachuca Puebla, Necaxa Tigres, Mazatran Santos, Chivas, Tijuana, and Toluca Juarez. That's all happening on Tuesday. And then you have San Luis Pumas, America León, Rayados Atlas, Gallos Cruz Azul uh the very next day. So we get a little little midweek action and then match week 16 will will kick off on that Friday. So we we're kind of be blessed by the gods and uh Chivas or not Chivas, but uh if I'm not mistaken la selección mexicana have a partido molero against uh Guatemala, don't they?
2: That's right,
0: they do. Yeah, they do. That's
2: Tena. Tena, that Tena's debut? I don't know if he's replayed.
0: He I'm not sure, but uh, they are going to play Guatemala on the 27th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there's also oh. uh, Guatemala is also hosting a match here in San Jose against El Salvador. Uh, I think that might be this weekend. I could be wrong. April 24th, yeah. A week from now.
2: One week. There we go.
0: Well, everyone uh, on the YouTube chat, thank you guys for, for hopping on. Marseille again thanks for the sound check Uh, Ricardo obviously always happy to speak his mind here Uh, do we have any closing thoughts starting with Chiquis still there
1: yeah no I'm just uh, excited to see the Pumas to see how that results the Conca See if they can get that that title I will say oh, be She's in two weeks, I believe, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it'll be uh not this week but the week after we'll start to see that go down. And I'll be honest, man, uh with Bumas, they've been scrappy. They've had they've shown grit and you know, they they've been entertaining to watch, so for selfish reasons I want them to win just because I can't stand Seattle and the MLS. And uh, it's just such a great, you know, it's it's the gift that keeps going every single year. But uh, I think most people will, will support Bumas in this final. Uh, the first leg will be on Wednesday, April 27th at 7.30. But glad to have you back, Chiquis. Joel, you got any closing thoughts?
2: Yes, my my conspiracy, I I do feel there is, he was under attack. I think it's probably promoters. There's three main ones in MEX. Guillermo Lara, Craig Taylor, and uh, Jesus, I'm forgetting the third one. It was the one that was linked to Tena Boy and Cardoxo. Carlos Hurtado. there you go. Carlos Hurtado was even that, you know, when Tena took over, the media was on him already saying, aren't you working for this guy? Aren't you working for, you know? And he said, you know, he was honest about it. And then there was a picture they got leaked where they're having a, uh, they're having like dinner. Boy Cardoxo and uh, Tena, the three of them. And so, so even like, you gotta see the way Tena left, you know, even that was us. He he had team in fifth place before the tournament got suspended. Uh he takes him to the Copa por Mexico final. He misses three games due to COVID and his first game back gets sacked. But we have to wonder like I don't I don't think it was because of the results. I don't know what was going on. Obviously we're not gonna know. So I do feel that there was something there. Um <laughs> thing with what happened with um, Guzman. You know, and then like how the media attacked the say uh, and then they went after Amari. If you remember, Maori had to come up and say, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere."
0: Not selling the tuna canelo.
2: Remember, they were saying all these things about he's gonna get replaced, or this guy might replace him, and it was just media rumors. Like, and so you gotta say, well, why, you know, why are the media coming up with this bs and it's it's not just to disrupt it's just disruptive it's just it's just to you know create uncertainty in the club and players and whatnot just a lot of negative stuff going on even with players when we start thinking back all these players that ended up getting charges for like sort of like rape and whatnot and then they were all dropped that's too many players man and a lot of these weren't um, serious stuff. So it's like, dude, these guys are just getting set up, you know? And and so I do kind of have to wonder what, what the hell is going on, man. I, I do feel that. And, you know, you, you got to see what the club is like. Are they pushing for Amaury to sell it? That could be another, one of the reasons. they Do they want him to to uh, sell the team, and so, you know, you're gonna see who has interest in that, um, and I hate to mention this, uh, but Club de Cuervo, because that series is based, is based on a lot of the stuff that happens in in Mex soccer, it's a lot of those stories, pretty much the majority of them are, they're all based on incidents that have happened. And if you guys saw the series, you would see how the brother and sister would sabotage the team because they were fighting for control, and they would they would leak photos of the players and or of each other and whatnot. And that's that you kind of you kind of seeing that happen uh, with Chivas, you know. And I forgot I had one last point. In it. Just flew, flew, flew right out of me. Um, but, but yeah, I, I do feel there's something nefarious going on, man. Goats being attacked here, man. Uh, they already moved on to Pelias. It's already a strong campaign to boot them out. And, you know, if you want them out, cool. But just keep in mind who comes in and who they're tied to. As the saying goes, follow them. Follow the money. Follow the paper trail. We could get a good. A, a good idea of who wants what. Um, I know there's, you know, people tied to, to um, people tied to, to a Mauri's family. I know some of them want to sell the team. We know Angelica tried selling it back when she was in charge, and we had the rumors of Slim Carlos Slim that he might buy the team. And she's still involved in the way because she she has like a lawsuit. Cause she's trying to get her, her daughters that are she had two daughters with with Vergara, uh, and she's trying to get them like on the a piece of the pie, right? Because I don't think he he put them on the wheel. I don't think he put them for the club. I know he left them stuff, but not because he knew the mom was gonna use them because they're underage. Uh, so I think she's trying to to get that and obviously she will come up if if they sell the team so that could be a possibility man where they're just trying to force force a sale you know force this to so that someone else comes in and takes takes over <laughs> we have ricardo just
0: Absolutely roasting you in the comments saying, uh,
2: oh,
0: Joel has a tinfoil hat and a full body, yeah, full body aluminum <laughs> suit with these bad takes. Joy, bad Joel.
2: takes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, no, look, they're not bad takes. A lot of them are the Carlos Slim. It was tied to the he was tied to buying it. You could Google that stuff. We could Google how, when there was news coming out that uh, a cuñado, Bolivian cuñado of, of a Maori was gonna be the new president because the board was gonna like remove him. Um, a, a lot of the stuff, the picture with the three, with with Cardoxo, um, Tena and, and Boy, that's out there. You could find it, they're eating. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I mentioned, it, that's still good after man. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to link it, you know, like that the dude that has the board and he's putting the strings. That's, that's, I'm just trying to put this, this piece of the puzzle together man.
0: Uh, Joel Alex Jones, Joel oh. Jesse Ventura, Joel Joe Rogan. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh Ricardo's just having fun over there three kings says hey. uh those aren't the points you were thinking of Joel uh yeah, it's pretty funny but uh I will say though
2: it, it does sound it does yeah. sound crazy man but, but it's actually things that are going on you know we we forget some of them but I mean Exhib- they still there yeah. they're
0: still- exhibit a uh and this one's quite obvious Uh, uh, este Godinho not not wanting to get paid more and you know he's on an expiring contract and coincidentally he's no longer in the starting lineup Wacho Jimenez has taken over his starting spots without any clear explanation so yeah I mean that's that's pretty obvious that they're they're icing him they're forcing him to sign the new deal and you know refusing to pay him more so you get to sit on the pine uh, as far as the Alexis Vega incident, um, Beto, you, I almost forgot to mention why he went after that guy's throat. Uh, if you guys don't remember, the under-23 uh, Mexico team uh, that was going to go to the Olympics had a friendly against Cruz Azul, and that same player injured him, and he was out for like four to six weeks. So they had previous beef, and, and Alexis Vega just didn't like the way he tackled him, and that's why... He went for the choke, the Wayne Brady choke, and uh, yeah, dude. Because I mean, think about it. You know, that's your that's your future. That's your especially now that he's also on an expiring contract. He's looking to get out of Chivas. He's looking to go to Europe or maybe Rayados or whatever. And you take him out, and he gets injured, and there goes your future. So it's like uh that that kid from uh, was it Friday Night Lights? The the booby. His name was like booby. He was, like, uh, the star player, the running back. He was going to get all these, like, deals for, for college, and then he ends up getting a a career uh, injury, like a, a fatal injury. So I, I get it, you know. If you're Alexis Vega, you're trying to protect yourself, and you shouldn't have to go in like that on a tackle that really had no there – there, there was no need, you know. It wasn't a game – Threatening opportunity. It was it was in the midfield. It was uh, by the sideline. It was it was just completely unnecessary. But uh, <laughs> Ricardo says Alexis Booby Vega. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we're past the point here. It's been almost two hours. Want to thank everyone for for hopping on tonight. Welcome back, Cheekies. and uh, of course you guys on the YouTube comments. Thank you as always. Catch us on Twitter. Sometimes we have a spontaneous, impromptu uh, Twitter spaces conversation. And uh, we we always like to, to involve you guys, the listeners. We always like to collaborate, hear from you guys. So we appreciate you guys so much, and we'll catch you in the next one.